Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Check, check, check. Check one, two, eight, one, two. Testing one, two, three. Okay, good. Yes, sir. Good to go. All right. Hey, Chandler Bolt here and joining me today uh, is John Gordon. Uh, John's the author of 20 books. That's right. 20 books. Uh, crazy. And I've actually got a few of them right here. Um, you can see I've got um, The Power of Positive Leadership, I've got uh, The Energy Bus, and I've got The Coffee Bean. I've read all of them. They're all great. Uh, and he's written 17 more besides that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so John, uh, he's an author, speaker, and a consultant um, whose clients include uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, Miami Heat, Publix, and my personal favorite, the Clemson Tigers. Uh, if, you, if you know me well, you know I'm a huge Clemson fan. Go Tigers. Um, so definitely gonna, <laughs> yeah, go Tigers. I've been... I take my dad to a bunch of games and I've been to every playoff game for the last um, few years and I'm a big fan. You can see the, uh, the sport in the most, uh, the most recent mug here. Um, but so we'll definitely get into some of that uh, later in the interview, but uh, John's obviously he's used books um, to grow his business and obviously doing 20 books. He's learned a lot about marketing. So I want to kind of cut this interview into two parts. We'll talk about the marketing piece on the front half. And then obviously books have been a huge driver for big clients and business. Um, so we'll kind of talk about that on the back half. But John, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Chandler, great to be with you. Well, hey, so let's, uh, let's start with this. So, you know, obviously you're 20 books in, but if you can remember it, I'd love for you to go back to your first book and what spurred the motivation uh, to write the first book and kind of what was that like? Well, I knew I wanted to be a writer and speaker when I was going through a lot of challenges, adversity and setbacks in my own life. I was really negative. And my wife gave me an ultimatum. She said, change or we're over. And so <laughs> I needed to change. And so I remember saying, what am I born to do? Why am I here? Why am I so miserable? And writing and speaking came to me. I realized, okay, that's what I'm meant to do. What am I going to write and speak about? Well, I do. And I didn't know, but positivity was something I wanted to do more of and something I wanted to live and share. So I started to research ways that I could be more positive. And that began this journey of, of writing. And I started a newsletter, a weekly positive tip. It was an email newsletter and I would just send it out to people. And I had five subscribers at the time, my mother, my brother, my best friend from college, Daniel Decker got the <laughs> newsletter early on. And I remember Daniel getting my newsletter, coming to see me at the restaurant that I was uh, involved with. And he's like, Hey, I like your, I like your stuff and what you're doing. I think that's great. And, and so we've been, you know, business partners ever since. But it all started back then really just saying, how can I be more positive? And then I started to share what I was learning and providing ways that other people could be more positive. That's awesome. And how long after you had that newsletter did you say, okay, I'm making a go at this. this is my, I'm going to go for the first book. Well, I was writing this newsletter and every week I would share a positive tip and a publisher saw my tips and reached out and said, hey, I think you should do a book. And so that began the impetus of, of writing a book and Initially, it was the energy addict, 101 ways to, to get addicted to positive energy, mental, physical, mm -hmm. emotional. And 
spiritual energy. That's where I, I started. And mm -hmm. it was a very tip-driven book. And they published it. It did not go well. He was a small publisher. Did not get a lot of books in the bookstores. And then eventually stopped selling the books I was trying to promote. So it was very frustrating. Mm. And at that point, I found another publisher that because I was getting on the Today Show. I got on the, oh, on wow. the Today yeah. Show, Get yeah. Energized Today. Mm -hmm. And that allowed me to find another publisher who knew I was getting on the Today Show. Mm. They bought the rights to the first book. And then we did a second book. Mm. And that was called The 10-Minute Energy Solution. Cool. Both of those books had my picture on them, which is mm -hmm. probably why they sold so poorly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even after the Today Show, uh, I thought my career was going to take off. It was a four-week series. It didn't. And then I really went into a a desert time where I was in a drought and I wasn't doing a lot of writing and speaking wasn't going well. And that's when I came up with the energy bus and a walk one day. I was mm -hmm. walking, praying. It looked like my career was over before it even started in many ways. Mm -hmm. And the energy bus just came to me and I wrote it in three and a half weeks. And so that book really did change my life because that book was rejected by over 30 publishers Eventually, John Wiley and Sons agreed to publish the book. It came out huge in South Korea. Not one bookstore in the U.S. would carry the book. But then it became eventually a, a hit here five years later. And we'll go backwards first on how it yeah. all began and how I got started. But that book really started my career. So the first two books, I really don't even talk about now. I don't promote them. Yeah. They're not books that I really feel confident in and big on because yeah. that's who I was. That's not who I am now. And the energy bus mm. is really where my, my career began in doing mm. that book. hundred percent. And that's great. And it, it sounds like you feel like kind of your first, like I'm planning my flag is, book is the energy bus. And, but I think there's a great lesson in there, which is a lot of people get hung up on the fact that your first, like, this is my first book. It's going to be my best book. And this is going to be my forever book. But it sounds like you went through that and said, Oh, maybe the first two were clearing your throat to say, as they would say, to, to, really tell the story or write the book that you were meant to write, which is the energy bus. Now I want to get to the energy bus here in just a second and kind of walk through a couple of those things you mentioned there, but kind of first, what, what was the, like the biggest lesson that you learned from the two, first two books? You said, Hey, they, those didn't go as well. Like on the marketing front, any, any takeaways or lessons learned from those books? The only lesson I could take away was that I was really meant to write fables early on, not how to mm -hmm. books. Mm -hmm. And I had to find my voice. And so those first two really weren't my voice. They helped me find my voice. They helped me begin the process as a writer and putting the thoughts out on paper and, and getting into that mode of, okay, I'm now a writer and I'm right. a speaker. So like you said, I think it was a great learning lesson. I'm glad I did it. I think a lot of times people think that first book is going to be a hit and when yeah. it's not, they give up. No, keep ah, going. Yeah. A lot of times mm -hmm. singers and musicians don't have a hit song until a few songs in. Sometimes it's yeah. a whole album in. Sometimes yeah. it's several in. So the key is just to continue to do the work, continue to write, right. continue to share the message. And eventually you'll find your voice if it doesn't happen right away. So those first two were really helping me find my voice. Because what I realized was those books were more self-help books and they were more about health and wellness. Whereas the energy bus was a little bit self-help, but it was also business. Right. And I knew I wanted to reach a business audience. Mm. So I wrote this book hoping it would get me in front of 
business audiences. I never thought I'd be in front of all the sports teams I started to speak yeah, to yeah. or the school districts who read the book and like that. But the business audience was, was what I was targeting. And I knew that that's where I was meant to go. So once I had this book in my audience, it's like, that's when things took off. Right. So how did you, you said finding your voice and figuring out that you were kind of more meant to write fables. How did you figure that out? And then how did you get the energy bus written in three and a half weeks? The only way I figured it out was actually just doing it. So <laughs> the idea came to me, I'm going to write a story because I remember I was in line writing or book signing for the 10 minute energy solution. So here I am at a, mm -hmm. a book signing event. And there was a guy who wrote a story about his dog. It was Marley and me, I think it was at the time. And he had a line out the door and down the block. And I had like three people in line. And I thought, <laughs> here I am giving people the keys to energy and having more energy mm. and happiness and health and, and joy. And this guy writes about his dog. And it was a story. And they were just clamoring to see him. So I thought, you know, I'm going to write a story. I'm going to write a fable. And that's what came to me. I'm going to write a fable. And then the energy bus came and the kind of, story I was going to write came to me. And so I had the gist because it really was a spiritual experience. It was like a lightning strike. It was like an aha moment where mm -hmm. it just came to me. And I had the vision and I had the story. I had a few rules and then I had to write the 10 rules that would be the ride of your life. So it started with mm -hmm. the beginning and I would just sit down every day. I would write for a few hours. I would get up. I'd go outside and take a walk. I'd come back and I would write some more. And it was during my own, you know, social distancing back then and isolating where I was actually spending time by myself in a really, in many ways, like isolating, dark, lonely, quiet, still time where I had this time just to write because nothing else was happening. And so every day I would do that and more and more of the story unfolded. And eventually I wrote this book. And did you find that it was a, was, did it feel like a different muscle writing fable versus writing nonfiction? Was that difficult at first? Like what was that process like of switching? Very different because you're now telling a story and then you're writing through the characters to teach the lesson. But as you do it, what happens is the stories, sorry, the characters start to speak and the mm -hmm. story starts to unfold as the characters start to speak through you. They actually take on their voice of, and a voice of their own. So it's really wild when the character starts speaking to you as you start writing this. And then the story starts to write itself. And so it's really cool when that happens. Yeah. And so you talked about uh, the energy bus. So publish that book. It's a huge hit. Uh, and you said Korea, South Korea? South Korea. Like I'm really big in South Korea. If you come <laughs> with me there, we need bodyguards. Let's do it. <laughs> so then five years later, it becomes a, a, you know, like you said, really starts getting some traction. Was there a trigger point or inflection point stateside that led to that, that book it was, taking off? It was me just going everywhere and anywhere, speaking about positive energy, positive leadership, the energy bus, the 10 rules for the ride of your life. So people started to read the book. They started to share it. It mm. got out there a little bit, not a bestseller yet, but as people started to read it, they started to invite me to speak to their team, their company, their school, their nonprofit, their hospital. And more and more, I just went out there and I spoke and I spoke and I spoke. And so I talked about the book topic. That was my talk. And so the book promoted the talk, but then mm. the talk promoted the book. So it created this flywheel Loop, where, yeah. where I knew my brand, I knew my core message of positivity, and I just went everywhere and anywhere sharing the message. And then it started to grow and start to reach more and more people. 
And eventually it hit a tipping point where it took on a life of its own. And that's what you want. When you write a book, you want to make sure, and the hope is that one day it takes a life of its own, on a life of its own, mm -hmm. where the book now starts to get out there on its own. And you don't, you don't even have to be out there promoting it. And people are still sharing it with everyone they know. Absolutely. So what had you in that five-year period, had you wrote, written and published more books? I think you had, right? So during that period, yes, I wrote The No Complaining Rule. I wrote Training Camp, which was my favorite book that I've written. Then there was The Shark and the Goldfish. There was a book called Soup. So those were the initial books that I wrote. So, so I was still writing. And every December, I write a book. It takes about three and a half, four weeks. Every time this is what happens. So I get the story, get the vision, sit down, and I start writing it. So I'm a writer first, mm -hmm. not a speaker. I mean, a lot of times people write a book and create a book to promote their business and build their business. Right. I have to be honest. I was all about writing the book. And then the business right. came out of the book because I really wasn't about, I want to build this training business. I want to build this consulting business. I want to build this right. speaking business. I did want to speak, but it wasn't like I was trying to build what I have now. Out of the books came all these different products, all these businesses. So what people intentionally try to do, I was doing, <laughs> it, does, it does work. When you have a book that's successful, it really does help market all of the things that you do when people read the book. So most of my speaking engagements are driven by people who have read my books or heard about me speaking from someone else. Got it. And you, so every December you write a book, is that intentional? Is that, does that just kind of happen? Tell me about that. That's when things slow down. That's when we're not in the midst of craziness, sort of like what, you know, we've been through a few weeks ago with everything, when everything slowed down as people listen to this, maybe they'll, it will still be that way. I don't know. But when things slow down is when you can write, when you can think. So for me, the quiet time is December. I'm not doing a lot of speaking. I'm home. I'm able to take walks on the beach, really think clearly, reflect. And that's when the ideas start to flow. And that's when I seem to write best. And you said you had written in that five-year period, I think you said training camp, and that was your favorite book. Yes. Is it still your favorite book that you've written? Why? Yes, it's, it's still my favorite book, training camp. It's about an undrafted rookie named Martin Jones, modeled after Maurice Jones Drew. Mm -hmm. He's trying to make it in the NFL. He's a small running back. He gets injured and coach Ken takes him under his wing and starts teaching him the winning habits that separate the best from the rest. And he learns what it takes to be great, what it takes to be his best, mm. ultimately realizing that he has this fear that he has to overcome and he has to find his faith to overcome his fear to mm. be all that he's meant to be. And in doing that, you, you find the lessons and the story. And people have said like, yeah, it's really powerful. Working on making a movie about it now, got the screenplay oh, cool. written uh, from a friend. And so we're going to take it out pretty soon. But that's... Um, yeah, definitely my favorite book. And I think it's the most personal and, and in many ways powerful. Now people say the carpenter is my best book, but I think mm -hmm. training camp is my favorite. Oh, interesting. I feel like asking someone their favorite book is like asking someone their favorite kid. Usually they can't, <laughs> but that was a clear, that was a clear and, and still is. Why, why is it clearly your favorite book that you've written? You love all your kids in many ways the same, but you love them, <laughs> you love them differently. But for this book, I think it was just the most emotional and the most raw and I think mm. real according to my own story because I had to overcome my fear, find my faith, 
to be all that I'm meant to be. And so the story reflects that. It's like the Rocky of, you know, of my books. Energy mm-hmm. bus as well, too. I mean, I love the energy bus. That's always like your firstborn. So yeah. you always like remember that firstborn. It's something special about that. But, but training camp is still, I would say, my favorite overall. Okay, cool. And it's, I would imagine it's kind of like uh, my brother's in the music industry, um, plays in a rock and roll band called Need to Breathe. Uh, love, and, love that band. Love oh, that cool. Band. That's, that's my brother's band. Um, so I would imagine it's similar to like you have the hit song that you just keep playing and keep playing and keep playing. And what may have started out as your favorite song, you're now tired of playing it. <laughs> and you're like, come on, everyone just read this other book that I really like because it's personally meaningful. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. funny because everyone, everyone loves the energy bus, but I love talking about the energy bus. And that has led me to talk about The Power of Positive Leadership, which is a book I wrote recently, The Power of a Positive mm-hmm. Team. But yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think whatever people want me to talk about, I like talking about. But <laughs> I, I do know my, my core message is, is positivity. But like the other day, someone asked me to talk about training camp. And I did, and I shared the principles, and I had a blast doing it. It was a yeah. lot of fun because it yeah. felt fresh and new. So I never like to give uh, canned talks. I always customize every talk right. I give. So even if I'm giving a talk on the energy bus for the 200th or 1,000th time, I still will try to make it fresh in some way when I'm speaking to that group. Mm-hmm. Just as a band, right, when they're playing their song, they may be doing something a little different to keep it fresh and keep it fun. By the way, my, my daughter, she said, uh, Dad, can we go to a Need to Breathe concert? Because you know, I'd love to go when, when, uh, you know, when they're back on tour. I was like, yeah, let's go. So it's so funny that, that your brother's in the band. Oh, she, get out of here. Just, cool. She just asked me the other day if we can go see them when they're back. On well, the hey, we will, we will make something happen that will be a memorable experience. Awesome. Um, so, hey, so, you know, it was, it was five years uh, and then the energy bus really starts selling. And in the meantime, you've written all these other books, which I would imagine also, like, did you see any correlation to writing the additional books and then cross-selling or those pointing back to the energy bus and equating to that rise in the sales of the energy bus? Like, was that correlated at all? Yeah. In the back of my book, we always put all my other books. And even in the marketing jacket, the book jacket on the right-hand side, we put pictures of my books. So when you're reading one book, you see the other books. And I do think that that helps people look for and read your other books. And so you do see a, a compound effect. As they read one, they start to read the other. Or some people come in like, oh, I read your book, The Coffee Bean. I didn't even know you wrote other books. And so they're always finding your other books through the new book that comes out. So there is a positive impact of new books being released. So yeah, I did see that over time, like a, mm-hmm. an exponential growth. But I, no matter what I did, the energy bus always outsold all the other books combined, which is just mm-hmm. wild. Oh, wow. So is that, I'm, I'm imagining that's your, your best-selling book of all yeah, time? Yeah, over, over 2 million copies sold of wow. the Energy Bus. Um, but it's been 13 years now. A lot longer, yeah, yeah for thir- sure. Thir- 13 years. I'm yeah. hoping The Carpenter gets up there because I think The Carpenter is an amazing book. It should be, but for some reason, the Energy Bus and the concept and the stickiness just is something that keeps on selling. 13 years later, people are just discovering it for the first time. And they're also sharing it with their teams. It's a book that people share with their teams all the time. So mm. I think that causes ah. it to, to really continually yeah. grow. And it's so sure. funny because it sells more now than it did last year, right. more than the year before. So every year it sells more and more over time. It has not gone down one year. Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right, so if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. 
So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. And so it's kind of some of what we talk about, like the viral coefficient, which is if I sell one book, does that mean, like, how can I get that to turn into one additional book, or in this case, three or five or 10? And team-based books, a lot of times, because if I'm CEO, I read the book and then I buy it for my whole team. Well, then that one book purchase turned into 20 copies, 500 copies. Anything else? Like, why else do you, if, you, if you're thinking about the energy bus, like, why do you think that book has sold? I mean, obviously, there's the timeline. But anything else is like, uh, why do you think that book sold so many copies? I don't know. Like, I, I wish I, uh, I could tell you, but I just think it's simple. I think it's about positivity. I think it deals with energy vampires and negative people. Uh, which is a shareable concept. Yeah, Shareable concept. I think the concepts are very sticky. I think it really, really um, utilizes all of the perennial kind of marketing tactics that would make something last. Although I didn't do it on purpose. I was just writing what mm. was in my heart and what I needed to share. But if you mm -hmm. look at books that have done well over time, I think it had a lot of those, a lot of those um, keys. Also the principles are timeless and the principles are, are universal and powerful. So I think they all make sense, you know, fuel your ride with positive energy. You have to have a vision of, of where you want to go drive with purpose, enjoy the ride, love your passengers, very simple principles, but yeah. in a way that people can understand. It's a very simple read. So a 13 year old could read it plus a CEO could read it. So I think right. it reaches people at all mm. ages. And I think yeah, it's universal yeah. in that it, it's read by all these different walks of life. And I have a feeling it's going to sell even more and more with time because, you know, it's the kind of message that the world needs now more than ever. That's the other mm -hmm. thing. When it first came out, the world was not into positivity that much. But if you think about it now, people are talking about kindness and happiness yeah. and positivity and all these characteristics and virtues. And it's something that people are resonating with more now than when it first came out. Okay, cool. Now, if you were to think about your, so obviously Energy Bus is top seller. If you were to think about your top three to five best-selling books of all time, is there, are there any commonalities that you see or any similarities or things that you're like, oh, this is probably a through line of why these books have sold so well. I wish I, wish I knew or else I would make every book like that. But <laughs> I, I, I think the commonality is the principles, the way I write, the stories, and in the fable format. And really, I have to just be honest, like what's the commonality is me as, as an author. And I'm not anything special, but the commonality is me you know, sharing what I know I'm meant to write to hopefully make a difference. And it's not something I'm writing just to write. I'm not writing to try to get rich. I'm not writing to um, sell books. I'm writing so that people will read books. I'm writing from my why of what I'm meant to share. And I think that that mm. does come through for people. And I think that people gravitated towards my work as a result of that. So I write very simply, but I take complex, you know, concepts and write them in such a way that people can grasp, understand, and right. then take action on. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. So people think you have to write a dissertation today. No, people don't want a big book anymore. They want a simple book that they can digest and read. The Coffee Bean is a 20-minute read. That's it, 20-minute yeah, yeah. read. 
It has pictures in it, right? It has pictures. You see the pictures. It's like a, it's like a children's book for adults. And I knew that that's what it was supposed to be. It wasn't supposed to be complicated. It's supposed to be very simple. But that book has almost sold 100,000 copies already in literally seven or eight months. Wow. And so, so, oh, my gosh. Right. And again, a simple story. But I had a vision for it when I met Dabo Sweeney. And Dabo mm-hmm. told me about this guy who came to speak, Damon West. And Damon had given a talk about the coffee bean. And it was this incredible talk that he gave. And Dabo said, you got to give this guy a call sometime. It's amazing. And as soon as he told me the story about the coffee bean and the carrot and the egg, I said, that needs to be a book. So I Googled right. and saw that no one had written a book. There were videos on it, but no one had written a book yet. So I immediately had a vision. I knew what it was supposed to be. And I just said, Damon, let's do this book. I called him up. He's like, we didn't even know each other. And I'm like, let's do this book. And he's like, okay, let's do it. So we did the book and boom, it came out very quickly. Great illustrations. So you just, you just do what you feel you're meant to write when you're called to write and you put that out there, just like a song writer, writes songs, yeah. put music oh, yeah. out there. And then as people gravitate towards it, you get new ideas. See, that's the thing. I think doing all the work that I've done and speaking wherever I speak as I'm out and about, I'm getting new ideas from people talking to me about the issues that they're facing and the more right. I start to talk about something and get ideas from something, I start writing it down. I start tweeting about it. I start mm-hmm. to realize, oh, this is going to be a book in the future. Like I just wrote a book called The Garden. And The Garden is about the five Ds that sabotage you and how to overcome the five Ds, right? Doubt, discouragement, distortion, lies, distraction, and division. And so you have to overcome mm. the five Ds to win the battle of your mind and your spirit in right. order to create your destiny. And so... I've been talking about these five Ds and then literally over, over Christmas break, I knew, okay, I need to write this book because I've been thinking about it way too long. I got to get <laughs> yeah. and, so I, and so I wrote it. Yeah. Well, and I love, I love that you said that because I feel like that's the same for a lot of speakers is the speaking is the feedback loop <laughs> that gives you the material to go back and write the book. Yes. Um, which speaking, is kind of this virtual. Yeah. Totally. Speaking, consulting, coaching. So the more you're out there working with people, the more you will get ideas and mm-hmm. you'll have more wisdom to share. The amount right. of wisdom that I developed over the years is exponential. And it's not because I'm a smart person. It's because I was working with a lot of smart people and great people. Right. And the more I work with people, the smarter I got, the more I saw yeah. things that were going on, the more I saw problems that I saw problems that needed to be addressed. And so like you're working with Dabo Sweeney and you're talking to Dabo and you get ideas of how he leads and you're seeing the impact he has and you're seeing how he does things that's different than this coach over here. Mm-hmm. So you start to get ideas. And so the more I was around, around leaders and people and talking, you get these great ideas that you know you're meant to share. And I think that's the, that's the benefit of, of writing and speaking together. 100%. So I want to switch gears a little bit in the home stretch here, talk about um, the using the books to grow the business. So speaking, consulting, all those things. And specifically, you were just mentioned um, working with Dabo. How, how did that come about? Like, how did, how did you come on his radar? How did you guys start working together? What did that look like? Yeah, pretty cool. Chad Morris had read training yep. camp. He was in a bookstore. He was the offensive coordinator of Tulsa at the time. And he saw this book on a shelf and said, ah, oh, I'll read it. It looks like a, a good book. It has a whistle. It says a fable about excellence, training camp. All right, I'll read it. He reads the book. He's blown away by it. He then gets hired by Dabo. He gives Dabo the book. Dabo reads the book and says, oh, man, this is great. And he starts using the principles with the team that year in 2011. So every week he's sharing one of the principles. There are 11 
11 principles of what the best do better than everyone else. So mm. he's now sharing these principles with the team. I don't even know it, but I'm watching TV every Saturday. And every time I turn on a game, Clemson seemed to be on. So yeah. I'm now watching Clemson. I'm like, oh, I love these guys. I have, I have no idea they're using the training camp book. So I'm like, I love these guys. At the end of the year, I get a DM on Twitter from Chad Morris. Hey, we used your book all year, training camp. Would you come speak to the team during training camp next year? I said, I'd love to. I've been watching you guys all season. I'd love to talk to Dabo. If you guys read the energy bus, you know, we'll send Dabo a copy. If he reads it and he shares it with the team, I'll come speak. Dabo agrees. We get on a call. So I go visit the team and we have this instant connection. Dabo's the best. We become like really good friends. This is 2012. And then it's been a, a journey and a relationship ever since of, 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 of mentorship on, on both sides and sharing mm -hmm. and talking and learning and growing. And every year I've spoken to the team during training camp. And sometimes halfway through the season, I've also spoken to the team on some the night before some big games. So it's uh, been a really cool. cool experience. But think about it. Just because Chad Morris saw a training camp on a shelf that happened to be popping out right at him when he looked at it, and he gives it to Dabo. And now I've worked with them all these years. So great leader, amazing coach, incredible person, and just one of the, one of the, one of the best leaders that I've, I've ever met. I've worked with some of the best on the planet, and he is right up there. I'd say top three as one of the great leaders on the planet of how he truly hmm. leads. There's a reason wow. why Clemson is now a huge success. Absolutely. And it all has to do with his leadership, the kind of culture he's built, his optimism and belief, the way he leads with accountability, the way he develops relationships, the way he pursues excellence with purpose, all these factors that I wrote about in the power of positive leadership, he embodies mm -hmm. all those principles. And that's a great book, by the way, for anyone listening, Appreciate watching, that. really great book. And I love the stories um, that you share on Dabo and Clemson and all that stuff. What, so you mentioned he's one of the top three. Do you, do you have the other two offhand or, or just the theoretical top three? Al, uh, Alan Mullally is definitely up there. Alan Mullally, who turned around Ford in 2006 when they were losing 12 to $14 billion and had them profitable in a few short years. And it was one of the greatest leadership feats in history. I interviewed him a lot for the book, The Power of Positive Leadership. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so he's, uh, he's two. Third, I'm not going to share. So everyone thinks that they're, they're number three. <laughs> nice so how how often do you work with clemson and Dabo currently oh we still we talk often we text and then i'll go up there every training camp i was supposed to speak at his uh, big big dinner the all-in ball oh, yeah, coming up in april yeah. but obviously with everything that was that was canceled so but another time i'll do that but yeah we, we still keep in touch often and you know it's funny after they won the national championship i said i said Dabo, now that we won it do you want me to come back? Do you, you want to find a new voice, a new fresh voice? Because if you do, I'm okay with that. He said, no, no, we're going to keep it going. Keep doing what we do. You come back every year. And so <laughs> I was like, all right, let's do it. So <laughs> since, since 2012, it's been every year. That's awesome. What, so, and this is kind of a, a tangent off of book stuff, but I'm really curious from a leadership perspective, because that's something, and, and it's so interesting reading your book, um, Power Positive Leadership and like, I feel like Dabo is one of those people. I agree. It were, but I like, I watch, this helps me feel better about myself, but I watch all the, you know, like the training camp videos and like the interviews and all that. And I'm always pulling stuff out and that we, I mean, we've implemented so many things in self-publishing school from a leadership perspective. I feel like I've learned more from, from watching how he leads that team about leadership than I have from gosh, anyone. 
it's, it's wild. And, and especially seeing you unpack those concepts in the book, like, and obviously you talk about some of that and the power of positive leadership, but what would you say are like top one to three principles that you've learned from him or things that have, you see that he does differently in the way that he leads his team? You know, there's things that he took from the carpenter that are now part of his program. And the carpenter is about love, serve, and care, but also that's how he leads. So it, it's something that he embodies and he loves his players, loves them more than anything. And they know it. So that's really key that his players know that he loves them and he holds them accountable though. So love means I'm going to love you. I'm going to care about you, but I'm going to push you to be great because I'm not going to let you settle for anything, but your best. And you always see that people think Dabo is just this Mr. Positive guy. and is all smiling all the time. No, no, he will drive you if you're not working to be your best. So I'm sure you've seen that on some of those videos. And uh, if you ever come to one of his uh, meetings the night before of a game, you will see him unloaded to some guys that they're not paying attention. So that's, that's one, the love. He's there to serve. His word this year was purpose. And he knows that it was about the purpose of being a coach and making an impact, not about winning championships. So he's all about serving his players and serving their hearts. And he just shows that he cares. And I had one of the, the great players there in, training camp, who was a big time freshman. I said, why did you choose Clemson? He said, because they love us here. They love us. He said, a lot of people talk about it, but you feel it here. He goes, don't get me wrong. Dabo yells at me a lot, but I know he's doing it because he wants me to be great. See, what a difference, because a lot of coaches will yell at a guy and the player doesn't feel the love from that coach, so it doesn't do any good. But that player knows that Dabo loves them and yet is yelling at them, so he gets the best out of them. That's the key. And it's hard to do. Not many people can do it, but he has that gift to be able to do it. And I just love that you said that, you know, you learned a lot from your self-publishing school about these principles, because these principles apply everywhere. Dabo was in real estate sales. And I was giving this talk and talking about Dabo. And a guy came up to me and said, you know, I used to work with Dabo when he got fired at Alabama before Clemson. So in between jobs, he went into commercial real estate. And he said, that guy came in every day, fired up to come to the office. That guy was so positive. Next thing you know, we're selling and we're doing so many deals and our business is skyrocketing. And it was so cool to hear that the same principles he had as a football coach, he had in sales. It's the same principles you can apply as an author, as a self-published author. And so, you know, I love the work that you're doing because now more than ever, people want to self-publish. And I think your first book, you should self-publish. I think it's very hard to find a publisher today that will publish your book if, unless you have a huge platform. So self-publish the book and use the book to help you build your platform. And if you sell five to 10,000 copies, you'll have a publisher that now wants to take your book on, but start with self-publishing to get your ideas and get your information out there. And here's the other thing. A lot of people try to take it to a publisher before they even written the book, write the book, write what you want to write first. I know we're transitioning from Dabo, but I want to help your, help your, your audience too. Oh, absolutely. For sure. You know, write the book first. And then once you write it, then you can take it to a publisher or decide to self-publish it. But don't think about publishing until you've written the book. People all the time reach out to me, John, I want to publish a book. Great, write it. After you write it, send it to me, I'll be happy to look at it. There's so much power in actually writing it. See, people want to think about writing, but they don't want to actually sit down and write the book. <laughs> yeah, they say, you, you know, when a writer's got a deadline because that's when they pop up on social media. And that's just like anything but right. Hey, let's, we're in the, we're in the home stretch. A couple final questions here. What, um, so you mentioned the energy bus is your best selling book. 
what would you say is your the book that's driven the most business? So speaking, consulting, things like that. The Energy Bus. And I would say the power of positive leadership and the power of a positive team. Because what we've built now is consulting around the power of a positive team. We help teams become stronger teams. And we also work a lot with the power of positive leadership, where we do leadership training, leadership coaching, leadership workshops. We also do power of a positive team workshops. So now we build our whole business model around those two books. And I'm doing a lot of speaking around those two topics, how to build strong teams and how to be a great leader. Okay, awesome. And what is like, what does the pie chart look like of your income? Like what percentage of that is books? What percentage of that is coaching, consulting? What That's percentage of that is speaking? Like, what does that look like? Speaking is, you know, a big part of the pie chart. So uh, mm -hmm. it's funny that I'm a writer first and yet speaking was, is what drives the most revenue. But my book sales keep on going up more and more with time as they exponentially grow. Because again, it wasn't like I was this huge hit early on. It's something that's been growing over time. God used it to keep me humble, which is great. And it made me who I am in terms of just being thankful what I get to do and what I have. And so now I really appreciate it. I have a book coming out with my wife called Relationship Grit. I have The Garden coming out. I have these children's books that I've written. I'm able to write the books that I want to write, that I want to share, that I'm, that I'm inspired to share. So it's a great relationship I have with my publisher to be able to do that. So the pie chart looks like mostly, you know, a huge amount of speaking, a good amount of, of, um, of book sales. I mean, pretty large amount. So much so that, you know, with speaking drying up now, I mean, I've lost several hundred thousand dollars in speaking because of the, what happened with the coronavirus. So because of that, you know, really now uh, book sales are still there for me, which is, which is nice. And I think people are still buying books right now because it's a low cost investment that you can make. So, 100%. so having a, having a diverse ecosystem, what I realized is more important than ever. And we started this consulting and training only a year ago, but that was actually exponentially growing rapidly and not a huge part of the business, but, but a big part. And it was going to, going to just skyrocket this year. And we'll have to see what happens now as we move forward. But, but an ecosystem where you have multiple revenue sources is key. We also have video programs and we have action plans that mm -hmm. we've created that, really work with the books that accompany the books. And so that's a great resource and a great um, product as well. So we sell those as well that, that, that are great supplemental revenue. But again, Daniel and I, Daniel and I started doing these uh, PDF action plans that we were selling that, that went with the books and we weren't doing it for revenue. We just wanted to provide an action right. plan for the book. Right. Well, now mm -hmm. people like order hundreds and hundreds of these action plans for oh, their wow. teams and their organization. So it is a great revenue source. So I recommend people when they're writing a book, think of a playbook, think of a workbook, something that you can create with it that you can then offer for free or that you could sell. Got it. Okay. A couple final questions here. So how do you see, how do you see that moving forward? Because obviously the, the book sales are just growing, growing, growing. I would imagine the demand for speaking is growing, which I would assume your fees are going up and everything there, but then there's also a cap to fees ish and a cap that you can of days that you can yeah. spend on the road, things like that. How do you see that kind of scaling in the future? Yeah, I already saw where it was going in terms of we had, you know, book sales, which, you know, are scalable. Speaking can only do so much. So I do about 70 events a year. I did 80 last year, 86 last year, 74 this year. Wow. Um, I don't know what this year is going to be like. Again, we'll see what happens, how the market turns around and the business world turns around. But I was already on target for another 70 or 80 events this year. Yeah. But again, ideally, if I can get to, you know, maybe 40 to 
probably 50 events a year. I'd like to do 50 events a year. And then what we have is we have, I have a team of speakers and workshop ah, cool. that also speak right. for me and based on the books and their business has grown exponential. So mm-hmm. several of those people have made over a hundred thousand dollars in speaking, consulting and workshop. So their business was growing big time. So I'm giving them a lot of work that I mm. can't do, or if they can't afford me, I have a great team that are yeah. really good, great speakers, very inspiring, very encouraging, really great content providers, great workshop leaders, great consultants, great coaches. They're amazing. This group, I have about 10 people that are doing this That's and great. this, and this group now got, so there, the sky is the limit with that group. So the future will be developing more opportunities for them speaking workshops and training. And That's we're great. really promoting that. So we, we look at our, we look at our whole thing now, again, as, as a twofold business, there's me where I'm writing, doing my thing and I'm speaking and I'm reaching people, which I love to do. And that will never change. Like, I will do that to the day I die. I'll do that little. I will, I will be like Zig Ziglar. I'll be 80 years old. And I'll <laughs> you know, speaking, God willing, you know, if, as long as I can live, I will do this. Like my mentors, Ken Blanchard as well. Yeah. And the other part of the business, which is the training workshops, you know, business part. And that will be a different kind of business that we will then grow that. So we, we market and grow two tracks as we move forward. That's and super so, smart. Yeah. And so like what happened with the, uh, you know, when the, when the coronavirus hit, we really moved right away to just me to the audience straight up again. And so it feels like old times where it's just about me sharing the message, doing a free webinar, inviting people to the webinar. We're doing the power positive summit. We're doing all mm-hmm. these free things right now. to reach uh, cool. It's reminding me of the, the beginning days where I was just me building something and reaching out and, and connecting with people. And, and I'm doing that again. And in many ways it's, it's fun, but I wish we didn't have to be in that position, but that's what I'm For doing. For sure. For sure. And that's super smart. And I love that you're building out a speaking team. That's, that's exactly what we're doing at self-publishing school. And it's, it's a great way to scale the model. It, is. Uh, it, it, it works really well. Hey, um, we'll, we'll wrap up with a couple final questions. Um, where, I know I've said that like three times. <laughs> uh, there's just so many, we could do a whole another episode on building well, out a speaking team. Let's do another one. Team. No, let's do another one. Oh, come All on right, again. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so why don't we, why don't we, why don't we take questions from your audience about, about publishing? We can do that. You know, absolutely. Publishing, I think, and uh, there's a lot of people marketers about building out a speaking team, uh, and about uh, like the speaking side. I'll share all specifically. that specifically. Cool. Awesome. Um, so let's, uh, let's do this. So what would you say like to someone? So think about John Gordon, uh, years ago, pre first book. Uh, so the John, I'll think about all the John Gordons that are in the audience that are considering writing and publishing their first book. Um, what would be your advice, knowing what you know now? If you die tomorrow, what would you want to write? That's your core message. Focus on that. You may have three books you want to write. Narrow it down to one. Don't write three books. A lot of times people have all these ideas and they try to write three in one. Pick one book, one core message, and write that book. Make it simple, make it focused, and write that one book. Awesome. Love that. Now, John, where can, where can folks go to find out more about your books, about you, about what you're doing, the speaking side of things, all that good stuff? Thanks for asking. Just go to johngordon.com, J-O-N, gordon.com, Twitter, Instagram, at J-O-N-Gordon11, so J-O-N-Gordon11, and then johngordon.com. And again, we got a lot of free resources. Feel free to check it out. We just launched a Daily Positive as well. Uh, Daniel mm. and I, the Daily Positive, every day we're sharing a positive quote uh, where people can sign up for that, dailypositive.com, and great way to get you know, encouragement every day. 
That's awesome. And get John's books. I've read, I'm trying to think if I've read more than these three. Uh, I know I've at least read these three. You got to read The Carpenter next. You got to read The Carpenter. And it sounds like training camp. I mean, there's so many more that I got to read now. And I know my dad's read. I know we mentioned this before we started recording, but um, John was gracious enough to send uh, my dad uh, multiple signed copies of his books and and Daniel as well. So shout out to Daniel Decker for his help with that. Uh, But I know my dad has read multiple of your books and and it's crazy man and i know we're 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 wrapping up here uh, but it's crazy going i went back home and and he is just on fire in a way that i've never seen my dad before That's and awesome. he is like talking about the stuff he's going to change in his company and how he's changing his leadership style and how you read the power of positive leadership uh and, and i think he also maybe read the carpenter too uh but and how it's just had this uh, this incredible effect on him and him as a leader. That means so. a lot. I, I love hearing that. When I hear people that are impacted from a, as a leader and they're leading their teams in different ways, no better feel in the world than knowing you made a difference in their life. I mean, that's it. Again, when you're a writer and you impact someone right. with your writing, there's no better feeling. So everyone who's thinking about writing, write because you know there's, there's something you must say to impact another person. And if you don't say it, they can't be impacted. So you have an obligation, you have a purpose to share what's meant to be shared. If you don't, you're doing the world a disservice. Remember that. Absolutely. Well, John, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. This is awesome. Uh, really great interview. And thank you for coming. Chandler, thanks so much for what you do. And I'm going to send everyone your way who wants to get self-published. So can't wait. Awesome. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you can be listening to, YouTube channels that you can be watching. Uh, So thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, And then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right, reviews are super important and help the podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, So number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.